All of this and more coming up on Drama School Dropout. Flatmates rehearsals, they were fun, but my God, they were stressful. Like, that put you through the ringer. I did not want to be Mary. I, I never got over it. And I was sat on stage with like, my arms crossed and I wouldn't even look at the baby Jesus. Probably the time when I flashed the entire year and all the lecturers. I don't think I've ever nicked anything. Not purposely, anyway. Welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident drama school dropout. And this week it's episode 179 and I am joined by one of my dear friends and the star of my brand new show, Flatmates. Please welcome to the podcast, Hannah Mary Taylor. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Welcome to the podcast. How are we? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm still really fucking tired after flatmates. <laughs> Me too. Because I also then left the theatre, did the get out, and was like, let's go drive to London. Oh my god, how did that go, by the way? It was horrible. Well, the drive, the audition, I think, went really well. Um, and then, the, but the drive was horrific. Oh my god. How long did and, it take? Well, because my mum has, like, we were in a car accident. I, I don't know if this is, like, a, too much, like, information from podcast. Um, but my mum wrote a car off in, like, November. So we literally drove to London in that van that we were doing the, the get in and get out with. Oh my god. And it took fucking hours <laughs> must it took hours oh my god was that with all the stuff like in the back of it no well? we literally came back to my gaff emptied the van said goodbye to my dad my dad drove back to newcastle and was like right let's go to london oh my god got to london at half past seven in the morning my audition was at eight I did my audition i was in there for like three hours we drove home and we got back at 10 10 to 10 that night oh my god so it was like a 24-hour round trip. Thank you, mother, for driving me. That is brutal. Appreciate that I didn't have to get on a megabus. Oh, my God, imagine. I've I never done it. a megabus to London, and I never want... Uh, I've done it a few times, but it was, like, nice when, back in the day, when I was, like, 18, if you booked it far enough in advance, you could get each way for a pound and then a 50 pence booking fee. Oh, so, like, I could literally get a return to London for £2.50. Sometimes I'd just go on and just book it and be like, well, if I want to go in three months, I can go. Yeah. Wouldn't even use the ticket half the time. That's quite class. But how's life? Because it's been, it, it really has been a mad couple of weeks for us. And then, obviously, we did the show last week at the time of recording, and... It's just sort of been like a little cooling down period now. Yeah, it's been like, it's been quite weird, like not having anything to do. Because I like, I jumped straight from like the last show that I was in and they kind of overlapped into flatmates. And so I feel like I've been like working in like three rehearsals a week and now I've got nothing. And it's kind of nice to just have like time to chill out, but it's been weird. Mm. I don't know. I'm still in rehearsals for This Is Where We Get Off. Ticket links in the bio, oh, come yeah. out and see us on tour this year. Um, How's that going? It's gone really well, actually. Like, it's it's genuinely really fun. We had this week off just because I'm, I'm genuinely so tired. Like, I'm so mm -hmm. fucked. And I was like, everybody just <laughs> take a week off, learn your lines. Um, but no, it's gone really well. But like I said, it's been a mad couple of weeks just gearing up for flatmates. And a lot of stuff happened in, like, not the aftermath, but, like, right prior to flat. I feel like the week of flatmates was the busiest week of my life 
just in yeah. general and a lot happened so I feel like I needed just the time to like let my air out do you know what I mean yeah and flatmates rehearsals they were fun but my god they were stressful like that put you through the ringer I genuinely like I feel like I can say this now that the show's over from start of rehearsals to just before the show to the get in to the getting because the shows were quite good have been the most stressful experiences of my life yeah i genuinely don't even know if i should say this have never been closer to cancelling a show as i have with flatmates oh my god honestly part of me doesn't blame you but i feel like <laughs> do you know what? it actually it went really well in the end though. it really did and like, that's every, the thing everything paid off i'm just coming to sort of live with the fact that the week before a show is just mm-hmm. chaos it is and like i mean not as chaotic as flatmates was and i have to say a big thank you to <laughs> neve curry for like jumping in and saving all of our asses and lewis gillen yeah. but genuinely like if i ever write a memoir i feel like i could write a whole one just on flatmates yeah. it oh, genuinely god. was fucking stressful yeah thank god but no, it's like being there from the start of it and like from the like development readings just kind of like seeing what it put you through I was like bless you and I feel like even like I don't know I feel like it took its toll on like some of like the cast members that were there from the start as well yeah it did it did it really did I feel like it would be quite interesting I don't know if I recorded it the very first like development read of flatmates I think I recorded it and I wonder like from this recording video of like how the life has left my eyes what it would be like (laughs) looking right back at the beginning Oh my god. Oh god, that's funny. I remember like right at the beginning when you first like started writing that and I read Sorry. like the first couple pages of it. I was writing it on my commute to and from the fringe. I remember that. Like I can't even remember how I thought of it, but it was like just what I did to pass the time on the train because I was like two hours a day on the train going to the fringe. No, I remember then one day um and you were like, Oh, I started writing a script and I was like, Let me read it. <laughs> I think <laughs> actually I think I wrote the first draft in about three days. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew what was happening. It was more about finding the jokes. And I'd offered certain jokes to other people. And they were like, no, I'm not going to use them. And I was like, fine. I'm just letting you know. I'm using them. They are now off the table. And I just want to say, like, I'm not a comedy writer. Like, I made that sound like I write jokes for people. Like, I just had <laughs> jokes in my head that I, yeah. like, offered to people that were doing shows at the time. And they didn't take them, so I, I put them in a new script and used them <laughs> fully to my advantage. But what I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? Doesn't have to be a professional one. We'd love a good nativity story. Oh, well, my first role was Mary in the Nativity. Of course it was. My mum always tells this story, right? And I was not happy about being Mary. I did not want to be Mary. Hill for the lead roles now, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. But no, apparently I wanted to be like the star in it. And I'd n- I never got over it. And I was sat on stage with like my arms crossed and I wouldn't even look at the baby Jesus or the Joseph. <laughs> and I just death glared the entire audience. Well, you are a star now because literally not to, I want to talk about flatmates more later on, <laughs> but literally in one of the review, uh, the audience reviews, you were called a shining light. Finally got my title. I do have to say was correct. They were not incorrect in saying that. But yeah, like once you sort of like graduated from your primary one nativity, what uh-huh. was like the next role you played? Um, because obviously Mary was not for you. Yeah, Mary, lesser, not my. Um, I think in like the stage skills and like theatre skills I did when I was a lot younger, I think the next one that I did, I played the Trunchbull and Matilda. 
love that honestly <laughs> iconic it was so iconic and I had to like draw on like a massive monobrow <laughs> and I had like tons of padding and like this big blazer with like a belt on it was so funny and I remember one of the nights you know the scene where she like swings the little girl around by the uh -huh. pigtail we did it but we had like pull out ones and I threw them at the I had to throw them into the audience and no one had told me to like aim for the aisle so I threw them out and I watched them just hit a woman straight in the face I love that <laughs> oh <laughs> honestly I feel I want to see that if anybody's got a video <laughs> let me know um I think it got recorded but I've never seen it <laughs> well now if anybody out there is listening that has a video of Hannah being Miss Trunchbull um I, I want to see it I want get it get it out there um but when did you sort of decide because I feel like there's a massive difference in sort of doing drama at school or going to extracurricular clubs or stuff but when was that moment where you were kind of like nah actually I want to do this as a career for the rest of my life I always I kind of always knew that and I don't think I ever really had that well if I had to pinpoint one it would be when I was watching um, like I was like little like a kid when I was watching movies and I just got really really jealous of the kids that got to do the acting in the movies mm. and I was like I, why do why did they get to do that and I don't yeah apart from that like I kind of I just I just kind of always knew. I've never like seen myself doing anything else. But I always knew that I wanted to be in the arts. But it also has to be said, I think that I'm right in saying this, that we both studied at the same place. We both went to yeah. New College, Lanarkshire. I got a bit confused there. I was like, I've not double-checked this with Hannah. I was like, I don't know if she actually went there. Um, so one of my favourite things to talk about when we talk about drama school is the funny and crazy shit that happens because shit happens behind those doors that people wouldn't believe. Do you have a favourite crazy, funny story that you can share with us? I think probably the time when I flashed the entire year and all the lecturers. What? <laughs> I'm going to yeah. need some context. Okay, so basically, do you know, like, at the end of the year when we were doing, like, the Shakespeare showcase? So this was, like, the very last thing that we ever did at college. Um, and this was, like, all of a rush. So, yeah, we didn't actually know if we were going to be doing it or not. So we were all, like, learning our like lines like very very last minute so it gets to the day and I was like right I need to put together like a little cute outfit for it you know because you know it's the last last thing of the term so I put on like a little corset top with like baggy jeans and like a blazer and I was like slay so it came to the piece that I was doing and we were doing this like in the courtyard outside and you know that's like it's got four like well it's surrounded by the college and as we were doing this like a lot of people had gone before me because I was one of the last and there was like literally students from like other classes from like computing or whatever these weren't like drama students they were like hanging out the window trying to watch it they were recording us and I was like oh my god so obviously I'm very very nervous waiting to go up I was trying to remember my lines and then now I'm, in, I'm wearing like a little corset and I had my blazer over it because I was like it's a bit like revealing so I don't want to fully go for it so I have my blazer over it right and in the start of it I have to like storm into the scene so I do a very very brisk walk in and then I of course it's not that supportive and I didn't realize and all my friends were like Hannah you just flashed the entire year I was like no I didn't and they were like your blazer kind of covered it but they were like you were so close I was like oh my god Jesus I had to make sure I went out with a bang I genuinely like cannot imagine that like, I've had lots of stories about people flashing people unintentionally. And personally, I don't particularly know how it can happen. I, I think it's just because it's never happened to me. Like, our friend Josh came on the podcast and spoke about the time that um he was doing a show and had to, like, drop to his boxes. 
and there was a hole in his boxes and his balls were just hanging out. Oh my and God. now you've told that. And I'm like, how do these things happen to people? I guess I just have to be extremely thankful and extremely touching wood that it never happens to me. Yeah, I hope that was the first and only time. Just wait until you um, read my next play that I'm putting you in. Oh, Jesus. Just <laughs> what's it going to be? Tits out for the entire thing. I love it. I've already done it once, so <laughs> what's another? I always say, because I've I done drama school twice, once successfully and once not so successfully, I always say that both times I learned so many lessons about life, about myself, about the world. What was the biggest lesson you learned during drama school? I don't I honestly think just not to care so much. That sounds bad saying like not care as much, but just kind of, well, not care about like what other people think so much. Yeah. Just sort of like let go and have fun with it. I feel like at least I got like too caught up and been like, oh, what are they going to think? What do they want from me? Like, what is this? Just have fun. Like, and obviously there's more that goes into it than that, but like, just be yourself. I think I've struggled with that over yeah. the past year, especially. And it's not so much like I don't give a fuck what anyone in the room says or like that people come mm-hmm. to see it. Like, I'm totally down to make a tit out of myself in a place where it is expected and or required. But like I spoke about this on the podcast before, especially while we were rehearsing from the for the fringe last year. We were rehearsing in this like fringe, no budget, do you know what I mean? We're rehearsing in this working men's club. And I don't know if you'll remember this, but there was a day where Chris and LJ were doing their fight scene and they the barmaid came in from like the other room and thought that they were actually fighting. And everyone thought it was fucking hilarious. But then it clicked in my head that they could hear what we were doing. And out of context, it's it's really strange what we're doing. And I yes. was rapping about Robert Burns. Oh my gosh. And I became so fucking self-conscious about doing that every yeah. single time. And again, it happened with flatmates. Again, no fucking budget. We're rehearsing in like the function room of a pub. I and don't remember that. <laughs> and i just became so like hyper aware that the people in the actual bar could hear us and out Mm. of context like snippets from both of the plays that we were doing alba and flatmates it it, out of context it's just really fucking bizarre it's you know like if i think of something that like one of my lines in flatmates was I didn't catch my Marsh Hagen, you're a dirty bastard. <laughs> if somebody just heard that, like, without understanding the context of the show, and that's something that I've become really self-conscious about. And as soon as I realised that that was my issue, I paid paid for fucking private rehearsals, mate. <laughs> Fair play. No, on that, I remember when I was doing, like, Zoom lessons once, I was doing, like, I was, like, filming a monologue, um, and it was, like quite a dramatic one and it was like quite like upsetting and my mum like came and like knocked to my door and was like Hannah is everything all right what's going on and I was like I'm just filming mum everything's okay see I, I'm quite lucky in that respect because I live on my own but like I don't know it's it's been in the rehearsal rooms where I'm aware that like we're not we're mm-hmm. not alone we're not alone yeah. that I've become like really fucking self-conscious yeah I get that I feel like especially when it's like you're in like the like working man's pub and stuff and then they can hear you next door and it's like I feel like they're not like sort of theatery people so they're not gonna think oh that's just a play yeah what the fuck's going on yeah he he didn't catch his moshagging (laughs) do you know what I mean 
Um, but no, that's that's something that I've been sort of dealing with. What was it like doing drama school via Zoom? Do you know, at the time, it felt it felt kind of normal because that was the normal. Yeah. But looking back, I'm like, that was madness. Did you do like, like full madness. movement classes like over Zoom? Yeah. See, I just wouldn't have showed up. We would have got in so much trouble. Like, like even if we were a couple of minutes late because our laptop like decided it wanted to reboot itself, like we were getting like so much shit for it. Oh my god, sorry, Sharon, my my Wi-Fi's gone. I don't have any Wi-Fi. I can't imagine, and I feel even more sorry for the people that did it in England because they had to pay for that shit. Oh my god. But yeah, like I totally glossed over that that you're a that you're a Zoom drama school student do you feel like that's ever i've never really spoke about this in in detail before do you feel because especially when i was in uni i had obviously i started like my nq when i was 18 and i got through like my whole hnd and six months of a degree before covid started Mm -hmm. and then so i lived a pretty normal student life and then lockdown hit and I didn't do anything. And then I went back. Like, I think our year was the first year back in person. And I remember talking to one of my lecturers at our showcase. And she was like, oh, you nervous and stuff. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Because it was just, I think it was like the dress run that gets recorded. And yeah. she was like, you got to remember, like, there's some people here that have never been on a stage before. That's insane. And I was like that's absolutely mad that certain people and i think me and iona spoke about it so i I don't mind i'll have to double check before i put it out but like i was talking to iona the fact that her first time as a like an adult actor on stage was her ba actors showcase it's nuts that i feel like and that like your ba and that's the first time you've been on stage that must be crazy to graduate Mm. And going to like the professional world, having that been like your only time. Yeah. So what I, I guess what I wanted to talk because I've never really spoke about it in this much detail. Did you ever feel like it was kind of like a disservice that you hadn't been in the room learning this shit and getting to sort of interact in a way that sort of is imperative to learning how to act? I don't know if it's be so much as like a disservice because everyone like we were all trying to just make the best of the situation yeah. and everyone was like even the lecturers and like the students we were trying to do the best we could with what we were given but I don't know I feel like it's so it was really hard like not being in like the physical room with someone yeah it's like you know you know with like acting training and it is very like hands-on you become you have like probably like, different sort of relationships with like your lecturers and like the students so you didn't really get that and then it's like you're sat doing it on a screen and it's like as much as like you can try to be aware of like your entire body and stuff like you're supposed to be you're only like people are only seeing like that much of you so they can't if something's like wrong they can't really almost like correct it or you it's hard a lot harder to pay attention to it I don't know Uh, so did you find like when you went into the rooms that there was maybe a bit like more time spent on correcting like I always say this like when people like drive and then they lose their license for whatever reason and they have to reset their driving test, they've picked up like a lot of bad habits. Was there like time like had to be spent on fixing like bad habits? Yeah, I think like when we got back into the room, it was sort of like a shock to the system. Yeah. About almost like how much is actually required of you rather than just sitting on a screen. 
and it's like you get I feel like at least I got so used to like screen acting Mm. rather than theatre acting as well I guess it was good to get time on that because a lot of it is so focused towards theatre acting but yeah it was just very different and I feel like even with just sort of like the social aspect of it like you can't like sit aside and have a chat like with someone because you're on like a big class with however many people yeah me and some of my friends used to just text each other as it was happening oh I used to do that (laughs) we'd have like we were in the room 90% of the time but like after certain modules had ended our lecturers would be like you've only got like a a theory lesson on a Wednesday. I'm not going to make you come in for an hour. We'll just do it on Zoom. And like yeah. me and my friends would just text each other while it was happening. Uh huh. But don't and don't get me wrong. As much as I say I hated drama school over Zoom, uh, like I wouldn't have liked to have done it. Those days where they were like, "Don't bother coming in for a an hour long lecture, a theory lecture." I was like, "Yes, don't need to get up until ten. Uh huh. No, that was class when they did started doing that fun question that I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is if you could pick anyone in the world to do a two-hander with on the West End but they have to be alive who are you picking oh that's a good question I think I'm gonna have to say Gillian Anderson I see that I see that I see a a mother-daughter show oh don't oh that would don't tease me like that I'll phone Um, her later I'll give her a text (laughs) send her my number um but she would definitely definitely upstage me every single night but She's some, do you know, she's someone I just love to have a conversation with. Yeah. Just, ha- like, have a chat. So with. would I. And I've been trying. Yeah, have you? Very much so. Oh, my God. That woman is untouchable. Really? But, Gillian, if you're listening to this, please come on the podcast. I would really love to <laughs> chat to you. I'll be um, a guest. Yeah, you can come. You can come. You can <laughs> co-host. Um, I My answer has always been the same. Um, It's Catherine Tate. I love Genuinely. Her. Again, she would upstage me every single night. The reviews would be like, Catherine, star, boy to the left, didn't know what he was doing. Um, <laughs> and then just like all my friends, like one of the best yeah. parts about doing flatmates was we were all friends and for mm. the most part just had fun creating this piece of theatre. I know. I almost just felt like we catch up the rehearsals part yeah. when it got that's stressful at the end. Well, I even wrote that in my director's note in the programme. I was like, for, for some of us, it was like a, a reconnection, which was like me and Josh, because we, me and Josh hadn't worked together for like nearly two years, I think, at the time. I'm, I'm not so good with dates. But for the rest of us, it was literally just a reunion after a fun summer. Do you know what I mean? Very like, definitely. We were literally just fucking about in rehearsals, making a funny piece of theatre and I, I can now say it was funny because the audience said it was funny uh, they definitely did but no, I feel like that's like that almost helped the dynamic because we're already friends with each yeah. other and we already knew each other like we already kind of had that relationship mm. so it wasn't like we were forcing anything but I also feel like for the t- two people that did come in yeah in, we're going to talk about flatmates now I'm just we've, we've spoke about it enough yeah. let's just talk about it I feel like for the two people that came in so Josh didn't really know any of you guys, but that mm-hmm. sort of dynamic very quickly formed of us all yeah. being pals. And then when Josh left and Lewis came in, I feel like we did a really good job as a group of like banding around him and making him sure like he was going to be okay. Definitely. No, I think like especially especially with Lewis's part where it's so like out there and he's got his top off for like half the play. Like if you've not, if you don't, he's only to- topless for twelve pages. Only twelve pages. Twelve pages. That feels longer than that. 
<laughs> but I feel like everyone, even Lewis was like, and Josh, everyone seemed to think that, like Lewis and Josh, both seemed to think that they were topless for like 45 <laughs> minutes. I was like, you're topless for 15 minutes at least. <laughs> like, it is not that much. It really isn't. But no, I feel like to come into that, like, show and that dynamic and that character like if you've not got the support for your cat from your cast behind you and you feel like you've not like got them as your friends then that's going to be a hard a hard mm. role for you yeah so definitely, I feel like it was definitely like a conscious like effort to make mm. sure that he like banded into the group with us oh 100% and well done well done Lewis well done you were well great done. um so are you Neve if you're listening um but we're going to talk about that in a minute um but something that I sort of like avoided talking to you about because I knew I was going to eventually have you on the podcast and we could have this conversation was obviously we spoke about it earlier in the episode of you being part of the development readings and you were sort of there right from day zero of me writing these people. What did you like think of the show before you got involved? I loved it. I see when I first read those first couple of pages, I was like, this is going to be brilliant. I was like, please, please cast me in it. <laughs> um, I'm just well, holding golden like... tickets. <laughs> but it's been just so fun, like watching it change and develop and become what it is, and then like getting to do like the final product, and then now just looking back on it, it's been it's been a bit of a privilege, I'd say. Oh, that that genuinely is really lovely to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually, and... as an actor, you don't get to see that as much of that process. So it's been really, like, it's been a really good insight and, def- yeah, definitely a privilege. Well, to carry on from that, talking about how it was at the beginning and seeing the finished product, um, I'm going to correct you because that wasn't the finished product. Um, oh, and um, Flatmates will be going on tour um, at some oh. point this year. Slay. And if she wants it, Hannah will still be in the role of Sheridan. Um Her. Beautiful. So um let's let's just put a pin in that and we'll come back to it at some point. Um but yeah, like so a question that I'm always dead keen to ask anybody that's part of my shows, uh what was it like? Because I feel like I'm a very different actor than I am a director. Um so what was I like as a director? Do I do I have any quotes, any feedback? Do you know I'd say you were like you were quite chilled out quite like relaxed but kept us on the right page almost and kept us moving kept us going and then obviously but when we needed it like you said get yourself in gear I would say it's a really good experience working with you as a director what was your favorite obviously you played the role of Sheridan we haven't really said that um what was your favorite Sheridan moment do you know I think I love the moment where she just swans in telling people she wrote her name on it she's just so smug and she's yeah. so pleased with herself and everyone's like, what have you done? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I do particularly that enjoy that. And it, when I was writing it, I I toyed with making it Debbie, just purely for the yeah. comedy fact of her hating the monarchy. So we're talking about the coronation invitation for anybody that hasn't seen the show. Um, but I was like, oh, it's just so, because she's so, she's so like nice like Sheridan, mm-hmm. and she's like just nice, and it, it would be nice to see her be a little bit selfish. My sh- favourite Sheridan moment, and it was something that we improved, but I don't think it worked necessarily as well in the show because we had used a different sofa in rehearsals, 
was mm-hmm. the point where I like pushed you off and there was like this big comedic timing oh, sort God, of thing so but because it was such a small sofa that we ended up using for the actual show pictures on my Instagram um I don't think it works necessarily as well I know I remember because it, it was so it was much closer to the flat than I thought it yeah. was the first time I did it I went to like go and like break my phone I just went like face first into the flat <laughs> I also went face first into the flat when the blackout happened. Didn't realise oh how dark that actually was. Uh-huh. And I'm also blind. Had, like a wee crocodile going. <laughs> uh, But like, I don't wear my glasses on stage and I'm allergic to contact lenses. So I was just like blind. Oh my I'm God. Like that. Arms out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I have to ask you to come clean on something if you did do it. Because um, I do this on every single show that I, I'm in. Did you nick anything from flatmates? I didn't actually. I don't think I've ever nicked anything, not purposely anyway. But to sum up, to move on from flatmates, because I feel like we have spoken about it quite a lot over the yeah. over the course of the the episode. What what feeling does the show leave you with, or the memory that does it leave you with? I feel I feel very warm, very fulfilled from it. No, although it was stressful rehearsal period and a lot happened, I feel like that like just the whole like rehearsal period and the end of the show it just makes me very happy with the way it went we're gonna play a game now this game is my favorite thing in the world it's called stage right or stage shite and it's three stories two of them are the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth and have been submitted by listeners and one of them is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer heather i've got the answer (laughs) here in a sealed envelope with your name on it and it's our job to find out which one is the lie number one A girl in my class at drama school led us to believe that she was a mother of two and used her children as excuses all of the time. She brought her twins along to our end of year showcase. They were reborn dolls. Oh my God. (laughs) Number two, a casting director matched with me on Tinder and tried to give me notes on an audition I'd done three weeks previous. (laughs) Number three, my lecturer bought my entire class good luck presents before our first show. He bought us a packet of condoms each. My God. I don't even know. I want the reborn dolls to be true. I really hope that's true. Could you just imagine, like, oh, I'm a mother, a single mom that works two jobs, <laughs> and then like they turn up and it's a couple of dolls. I I really don't, I don't know. Want the condoms to be true. I really don't want that to be true. See, I feel like that's too out there. I also feel like casting yeah. directors see too many people unless they're really fucking memorable. Yeah. Well, if they get some notes, they might have been really shit. So, like, especially on Tinder. I'm I'm going to go with the Tinder casting director. You don't have to follow me. You can go whatever way you like. Well, I'm going to have to go with the condoms. So you're going for number three. That's right, so let creepy. me. That is creepy. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you. I, I don't know how I'd particularly feel if my lecturer handed me a packet of condoms and said, good luck. Oh, God. It was number one. Number one. So the, the reborn dolls. Oh, I really wanted that to be true. But that means the condoms are true. Oh, Jesus Christ. If you're out there and you're a lecturer, don't buy students condoms. Don't it's buy students bit. condoms. But if you're listening at home and you've got a story for stage writer, stage shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com or go down into the show notes and click the link to the Google form to submit your story completely anonymously. Before we close out the show, um, I have a tradition where the previous guest leaves a question for the current guest. They don't know who they're asking and you won't know who you're asking. But the question that has been left for us today is, who would win in a boxing match between a grizzly bear and a silverback gorilla? Ooh. Uh, I... I'm going to go gorilla on this. Yeah, I feel like the bear. See, I just feel like the gorilla 
can jump. It can climb bears trees can climb if it needs to escape. So can bears. Can they? Yeah, bears, bears can climb trees. I, I'm not saying can they, like, they can't, I'm asking. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go gorilla. Nah, I'm gonna say the bear. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Um, what question would you like to leave for the next guest? Doesn't have to be about acting. Can literally be about anything you want. Before we go, where can everyone find you on social media to keep up to date with what you're doing? Um. So I will be on Instagram at Hannah Mary Taylor. Yeah. I don't think I've got. I don't use Twitter. What's X now? Twitter, isn't it? Well, I'm still calling it Twitter. I know. I, do you know, I feel like I feel like an old woman now because I'm like, I'll never call it X. It's still yeah. Twitter. That's not my granny. But genuinely, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you. And it's been nice to have a little catch up. Definitely. Because I feel like I blocked everyone when I walked out the theatre of Flatmate. So it's like, block, <laughs> bye. And there we have it. Another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 179 completed. Thank you so much to Hannah for coming on the podcast and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find all the links you need down in the show notes below. And if you're enjoying the podcast, why not tell someone about it? Leaving us a rating and a review on the show will recommend us to other listeners and help the podcast grow. And it means the absolute world. So please, please, please do that. And don't forget, if you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Right, you can email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com or go down into the show notes and click the link to the Google form to submit your story. I'll be back again on Saturday with a brand spanking new episode, but until then, have a great week, stay safe, I love you. Drama school dropout No graduation day for you Drama school dropout Thought your whole course, now try something new Drama school dropout